Hello, this is Ryan Miller, Modern Babylon and Culture Contrarian. I wanted to um, do a broadcast and kind of get rid of the greenfield and anticipate uh, actions in advance. It's going to be like prophetic. But before I get into that, I want to invite you to go to uh, www.culturalcontrarian.org. That is my website where I provide some context as to the messaging about standing free in our society, about, about the power of the Constitution. And I'm a huge proponent of those that are teaching about learning the Bill of Rights and the Constitution from a historical standpoint. We, our, our high school education in civics has really bastardized what that document is. And we, the people, have kind of acquiesced to embracing it and seizing it with actions. And legitimately so. Um, the, the, the state actors who have sworn an oath to uphold, uphold and defend and support and protect our constitutional rights, that's bound by that affirmation, the raising of their hand and affirming that oath, is only as valuable as us citizens willing to hold them accountable to that oath. And as the years and the decades and the millennia have passed by us, the legislators, the attorneys, the Supreme Court have enacted laws and policies and procedures and judicial precedent that have restricted those freedoms. And our freedoms have now been relegated to permissions granted by the state. And if we violate those permissions, it gets quite intimidating and threatening and we can get coerced and put into duress and may experience violence if we don't submit to that authority, regardless as to whether that authority is lawful or not. And that we have a legitimate reason to be afraid because I don't know of any government entity that its enforcement of that entity is not backed by a gun. And if you don't obey, that gun is going to show up and there's a reason to be afraid of that gun. It's one of the reasons our founding fathers thought it was important that we should have that same weapon at our disposal, that we can defend ourselves when the government could act outside of its lawful authority, that we need to defend and protect ourselves. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not casual in how I make that statement because I do not ever want to fire upon anyone. But I do want to stand free from the tyranny, and I tell you I'm a non-aggression principled person, and that you strike me, you hit me, you put me in handcuffs, you kid me, kidnap me, I'm just gonna acquiesce, and I'll see my day in court. You come in and try to hurt my family, I'm gonna defend my family according to the Commonwealth Stand, Stand Your Ground Doctrine, the Castle Doctrine, but I'm gonna be, man, I'm gonna use everything at my disposal to get away from the criminal as possible. So my education has been trying to help people to gain knowledge, to reinforce courage so they can learn how to begin the steps of claiming being free. And that it, it's not a journey for everyone. It really is not. And um, 
the, the most most people are just really going to believe and trust other humans without really having evidence that they should be trustworthy. We've, we've been so conditioned, indoctrinated, and propagandized that we trust people that really shouldn't be trustworthy. So the reason I want to bring this message forward is that I have been attempting to advocate on the behalf of many parents in a number of school districts, not just one. There's one that's really in the focal, focal nexus point for me, but these actions are t happening across multiple school districts and, and it's getting wider. And I have a particular process and that process is antithetical as to what is happening in the internet community. I am not here for social media celebrity. I'm not here for likes, shares, comments. I'm not a YouTube celebrity. I'm very much a private person and that I want to help people learn that being free is a choice and that to, to be free requires a little bit more information and knowledge before you go out and attempt to claim freedom. So as I have attempted to advocate for a bunch of parents, for their children inside of school districts, which are perpetrating unbelievable amount of unhealthy, immoral, unethical behaviors from administrators, from school board members, and I won't say from teachers, there's a certain percentage of the teachers which are really heavy into this pro progressive ideology, CRT, SEL, DEI, communication of really provocative sexual indoctrination. There's a percentage of those, but I'm going to say that's a minority. That's a minority percentage. And it's getting more. There's more coming into that. But most of the teachers are, are wrapped into this collective of the, the state and that they're just trying to to go along, get along, and keep their head down inside of a, a union structure and a leadership structure where their ability to express their concerns is pretty much silenced. And they want the parents to advocate on the, the teacher's behalf, but the parents are silenced. So there's, while there's a desire to seek change, the ability to get change requires understanding how that change is achieved. And it's through understanding our Constitution. So while I have attempted to advocate on behalf of teachers, on behalf of parents and citizens, the school board has acted outside their oath. They've, they've, they have silenced my ability to speak. They have criminalized my ability to speak. But it's not just the school board. That my process has been to be reasonable from the very, very beginning and say, here's my intention. This is what I desire to do. I want to be respectful. I want to be professional. I want to understand that this is a limited public forum and that I have a constitutional right to redress my, my government at the appropriate time, place, and manner and address the issues that are on the agenda or that are open for public comment. But they have attempted to restrain my ability to speak by putting a condition. The condition that I can use my voice is if I say who I am and where I reside. Now, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution preserves our right to 
not surrender our person, papers, properties, and effects absent of a warrant supported by probable cause, blah, blah, blah. You, if you've listened to me, I can narrate the Fourth Amendment to you. But I am not obligated to surrender my Fourth Amendment to go and exercise my First Amendment right of speech. No matter how people try to mask it with language about policies and about guidelines and Sunshine Law Act, the, the flagrant thing is that you are using threats and unlawful statements to force me to surrender a right to exercise another right. It's called prior restraint. So I was proactive and I provided a notice and I said, listen, this is a color of law violation. You cannot threaten the silence of my speech without me surrendering of my, my identity. That's, that's prior restraint and it's putting a condition on my speech. And that the First Amendment has very, very limited restrictions on speech. There is no such thing in law as hate speech. And that the, the screaming fire in a crowded theater is a false representation of speech because that is not what is happening. I am just wanting to stand and speak and address my board with the concerns of parents that I am attempting to advocate for. So what happened to me is that my speech got criminalized that the school board called state troopers and state troopers threatened to arrest me under defiant criminal trespass if I didn't leave the property. And I have evidence of that entire process. I have documented evidence of me prior to going to the school back in January and all the communication that happened up to trying to be free and then all the right to no law requests and how no criminal record exists regarding my activity. So I'm going to share with you a document which I'm going to send out to a number of individuals. I'm going to personally address it and then this will be the body of the email. So let me give you some of the names, not the individual names, but the, the professions which are going to be receiving this, this communication personally addressed. It is going to be the members of school boards, it's going to be school administrator and other staff within the school administration. It's going to be local county detectives. It's going to be the chiefs of police that responded to right to no law requests that say that they can't furnish documents because I am involved in a criminal investigation. So all of those chiefs of police that denied records requests based upon it being hidden in a criminal investigation. It is going to go specifically to the chain of command in the Pennsylvania State Troopers. It's going to go to a chain of command in the County Detectives Unit. It's going to go to the District Attorney. It's also going to go through the Right to Know Law Officer chain of command all the way up through the Attorney General's office. And this email is going to be privately sent, not through blind carbon copy, to approximately, uh, at this point, around 50 individuals. So I will personally address this email with a little introduction and then this is the, the the nature of the email which I'm going to send. Now the reason I'm doing this is to demonstrate that on Tuesday, May 31st, of me well in advance providing my intentions 
being clear and transparent that any narrative that is going to be constructed has to be done in contrast to what I'm giving as far as a record to all of these individuals. It's going on the record. Let me read this to you, and then I'll wrap it up at the end. So I, I welcome, invite you to, to join my social media sites. Just go onto any platform and search Cultural Contrarian, and I should pop up. Okay, I call this standing on the line. This is about being free and courageous. And I'm not going to call it, to me, I would want to call this patriotism, but it, it, it really isn't. This is something way beyond that. This is putting oneself in a very challenging position. So this is one I had to consider. I'm just con continuing to pray over. And as I read through this, it might bring some clarity to you. I call it standing on the line. It is with a very heavy heart that I feel prompted to communicate to all of the individuals receiving this communication. I have invested a tremendous amount of time, energy, and yes, passion, to advocate on the behalf of private citizens who cho whose children are experiencing credible harm within our public education system. I've been transparent, authentic, and beyond reasonable in my attempts to be a free citizen, just desiring to remain secure in my constitutionally constitutional rights to publicly address the school board. Basically, I just want to speak for three minutes. These attempts have been met with contentious, defiant, and a hostile response. Even such unprofessional conduct as mockery and false statements regarding policy and law. This attitude has permeated all communications with those in public service who have sworn an oath to uphold, defend, and protect my rights. On March 14th, Trooper Kochka of Pennsylvania State Trooper, allegedly under the direction of Octorera School Superintendent Dr. Orner or Octorera School Board President Brian Fox, had stated, on the record, that I had committed a crime. I was threatened with arrest if I failed to leave a public forum at the Octorera School Board meeting. If I failed to leave, that I would be arrested and charged with defiant criminal trespass after warning. I attempted to correct Trooper Kotcha, Kotchka that criminalizing a constitutional right is not protected through qualified immunity and he would be at risk of personal litigation under 18 U.S.C. 241, 18 U.S.C. 242, and 42 U.S.C. 1983. I suggested that he clarify his authority with the supervisor and the district attorney to confirm the limits of his authority on public property. I was met with linguistic verbal judo, which is customary training of law enforcement, which my responses were met with content and ignored. This is documented and preserved as an objective video record in the public domain. Now, I'm going to put links in this document that will be available in private that points to my evidence of my reasonableness and the objective records of the things that I claim. I have personally attempted to obtain records of an official criminal trespass document, sworn affidavit, and a probable cause affidavit. 
as of the writing of this document on Tuesday, May 31st, the response has been twofold. One is that no record exists through the Pennsylvania State Police right to know law officials. Secondly, Trooper Kochka is relying upon a written email communication to me, which I will have on my person, referencing a letter sent to me via certified mail from Dr. Orner. Dr. Orner later letters state that I was being denied access to the school for causing, quote, a disturbance, close quote. No sworn affidavit is documented from the reporting party which defines the criminal actions under the allegation of a disturbance. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to just make some clarifications. I was merely attempting to speak for three minutes without being required to tell them who I am or where I reside as protected under the Fourth Amendment. And they said, follow my policy, follow my policy. And this video is in the public domain. Attempting to exercise a constitutional right cannot be converted into a crime as ruled upon through the Supreme Court of the United States in Murdoch v. Pennsylvania and constitutes a deprivation of rights under color of law. Further, right to know law requests have confirmed that many public servants are alleging that my activities and denying access to public records under the claim they are denied based upon pending criminal investigation. I just spoke about that a moment ago. It is my desire to return to Octorera School Board to speak at the appropriate time, place, manner, with my First and Fourth Amendment rights restored. However, it is not reasonable that any law enforcement will protect my rights and further attempt to criminalize my attempt to be free and advocate for my clients. If I were to return, it is inevitable that the school board will generate a call for service to the state police, state police will respond to the call for service and act unlawfully at the direction of the reporting party. I have previously submitted to all school board members a notice of the color of law violation which identifies deprivation of rights under color of law back in January 21st of 2022. The school board ignored that warning and continues to this day to enforce a policy requiring citizens to surrender their Fourth Amendment right to exercise their first. I also provided a letter to all school board members in their private person capacity, which was a notice of an intent to sue, along with the settlement to restore my rights to redress the school board. This letter was ignored by all school board members, and I received the school board members in their private person capacity. I am not suing the school board. I'm suing them privately because they're acting outside their oath. Very important distinction. And I received a letter from the school solicitor falsely claiming that I'm suing the school board. The solicitor is guilty of using taxpayer funds to respond to private legal matters of private individuals. I chose to ignore the document from the solicitor as it was filled with so many false statements in addition to the solicitor claiming they would not provide any response regardless of my actions. If I choose to return to Octorera School to attend a board meeting, it is prudent to be prepared for continued lawlessness by a number of individuals who project authority. As I allege, no lawful document exists of a criminal trespass, 
a probable cause affidavit, or a sworn affidavit. I will request evidence that one exists. Assuming that it would be reasonable to request verification of the claim that such a document exists, requesting the ability to review such a document in advance of enforcing a crime of defiant trespass after warning. So I'm just saying that if you're going to enforce criminal defiant trespass after warning, you should have possession of the first violation of that criminal warning. But I have verified that that doesn't exist. If I were to return, on my person will be the evidence that Pennsylvania State Police, through the right to no law process, state no criminal trespass warning was documented, along with some additional other evidence. It should be reasonable that an officer honor their oath. And it is not reasonable that a citizen can enter into the discussion of warning of civil rights violation, clarification of the law, request of a supervisor, or ask to verify the law with the district attorney. However, what is not desired, yet predicted, is that an officer would attempt to deploy verbal judo, talk over a citizen, ignore the citizen, redirect the conversation, and use their authority to affect their will and domination under the color of law. Now, if an officer responds contemptuously to any attempt of protecting a citizen's right, I will just remain silent and not resist the unlawful, violent actions an officer may take. Now, here's the prophecy part. It is not desirable nor the objective to agitate, provoke, instigate, but merely attempt to be a free citizen. Preparedness is our only safety when encountering authority who has qualified immunity protections to act in the moment and have legal protection from the victims, from me, if I choose to seek justice. It must be anticipated that impulsive, reactionary decisions will take place and that I will rapidly be charged with defying criminal trespass and that no documented criminal trespass warning will be forthcoming. However, it is not reasonable to expect that law enforcement will attempt to fabricate or create some document and backdate, and backdate it in contradiction to the existing evidence. One would hope this would not happen, but when we the people have no visibility to what happens in secret, we run the risk of conspiratorial acts by those in authority. An impulsive authoritarian act will include establishing dominance over me through the use of pain compliance and torture devices, kidnapping me from public property and moving me from public property into a dungeon. I want folks to understand that this is violence. This is slavery, modern day slavery. They're gonna be putting on the shackles. Instead of throwing me into a boat, they're throwing me into a vehicle. And they're gonna throw me into accommodations that are dark and dismal and locked and secured, I'm a slave. I would then be held in captivity against my will for a crime I did not commit for a duration until I would be arraigned before a magistrate with the bogus charges of defiant trespass after warning and be assigned a bond. If I am unlawfully arrested, meaning no presentation of a lawful criminal trespass warning, I will not pay the bond. 
as the crimes are being perpetrated by others with no regard to the rights of a citizen with the intentionality of premeditated malice to cause harm. Why am I saying premeditated malice to cause harm? Because they're going to be receiving this document and other documents prior to me attempting to go into be free. I'm making this statement clearly in advance of this document is being presented well in advance of the possibility of me attempting to be free. The prevailing attitude I have to come to experience within public service is that you might beat the charge, but you will not beat the ride. I will remain in the dungeon, unable to gain access to the scheduled medical procedures for my health. I'm under no obligation to disclose my private, personal medical history to a non-HIPAA-covered entity, but I'm letting them know on the record that I have health issues that they need to, uh, that they have no regard for. And I don't need to answer their questions because they're acting criminally against me. But anyway, upon completion of arraignment, I will not postpone. I will remain in the dungeon until I'm offered a preliminary hearing. At such time, I will be requesting the arresting officer to produce all documents, the probable cause affidavit, the sworn affidavit that validates a lawful criminal trespass from public property, as all of my evidence supports that the state troopers have confirmed no record exists. I will share access to my evidence to the magistrate, but have little faith that the magistrate will review my evidence. It has never been my desire to be in this situation. However, I have provided sufficient documentation, advance notice of my intentions, along with my preparedness and how I will conduct myself. I significantly documented a systemic problem of unlawful actions under the color of law. I've attempted to be reasonable and never decided, desired to make this a federal case. In the event that my predictions are true, my evidence is valid, the public, public record records responses are truthful, the impact to all involved individuals be based upon acting in their private person capacity and violation of their oath and loss of qualified immunity. I'm not seeking justice at all. I merely want to be a law-abiding citizen capable of exercising their concerns on behalf of affected children at a public meeting. If I am met with unlawful actors, justice will be determined in a court of law by a jury of one's peers. It is not completely lost on me that this is not usual and customary of a citizen willing to go to these lengths. But our justice system tells citizens ignorance of the law is not a defense and we have a duty and obligation to know the law and to correct those who misrepresent the law. However, we have no power or authority to ensure public servants comply with the law nor honor their oath. Accepting this as a limitation, I chose to be informed, prepared, respectful, professional, and strive to be reasonable. This is my hope that this communication is received in the spirit it is being delivered and those representing authority honor their oath. But the reality is a citizen must be prepared for that not to happen and resolve their issues not on the public square but in the courtroom. So my little postscript here is that public servants love 
to take things out of context. And what they would most likely do is that they would take all of this and not reference it at all and take the last statement and attempt to frame it as a threat. But the reality is a citizen must be prepared for that to not to happen and resolve their issues, not in the public square, but in the courtroom. They will just cut that piece out and not put it in complete context and allege that I'm issuing a threat. They've already done that. They've already, the, the, those in authority have taken my communication and taken one sentence out of context and not completed the statement to frame it as that I am threatening something, which is completely fallacious and fraudulent and out of context, but it is the narrative that they want to spin to support criminalizing my attempts to stand free. So my words in this audio or a memorial to say that is a lie. My evidence, my actions, my preparedness, I have never demonstrated anything in my life to be of violent in nature or resisting in nature. I will submit to the violence, the harm. I will turn my cheek. I will go limp. You can tase me and kill me. You have the power to do that, to be in so fearful of your life that you can pull out a weapon and terminate my life and allow my wife to pull up this archive of evidence, go get an attorney and say, let the world see how reasonable a citizen has to be and how the violence is inherent in this system. Because I will not act with any violence I will not even use profanity when I communicate with anyone. I use profanity so sparingly, but I use it specifically for emphasis. I will use it as an exclamation point behind a passionate position that I hold. I don't use it to devalue the power of those words. When I use them, it's so rare that it is eviscerating when I use them. But you know, public servants... I don't need to do that to you. I'm going to speak it truth and love. And you'll spit in my face. You'll perpetrate violence and narrate crimes against me. I understand. I have a worldview that you don't have. I'm redeemed. That I am to love thy neighbor. You don't have that same worldview. You don't believe in the God of the Bible. You're nihilistic and that you 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 have I can't even say it. It's irredeemable. Not that anyone is irredeemable. We all have the ability of redemption. But you have chosen professions that are going to oppress people unlawfully. I don't know how you put your head on your pillow at night. I don't. But justice is not mine. I have unalienable, unalienable rights by my creator, which happened to be memorialized in a document. And how I choose to stand free will be respectful. It will. It will be professional. You may not like the words I use, because when I say that your policies are repugnant 
I'm just referring to Marbury versus Madison. And I'm using the words of the Supreme Court. So your argument is not with my words. Your argument is with Justice Harlan's description. You argue their words. So I'm just going to be prepared to share this. I will have another document that has these my evidence in links. So in the event they perpetrate violence against me and I get before the magistrate, I'll have this document and the links will be there for them to see my objective record of evidence, the video record of the unlawful actions, the video records, pardon me, multiple video records of these actions, along with the right to know law submissions and responses and the lies highlighted and the right to know law response. Or expose that logic doesn't exist. Because it can't be true that a record doesn't exist and the claim that it does exist. One of them is wrong. I mean, part one of them is true. They both can't be true. And I'm on, I have on the record Trooper Kochka saying no crime had been committed. And that he is threatening me with defiant criminal, criminal defiant trespass after warning if I didn't leave. And I said, what crime are you having me removed for to begin with? Causing a disturbance. Well, that's not a crime. Me attempting to stand on my Fourth Amendment to not identify myself, to demonstrate my right to speak to the school board for three minutes, there's no crime there. Where's your affidavit from the school board that states that I committed a crime inside that school? You didn't do any investigation. That's a dereliction of your duty. So be it. We'll let the, the justice system tease this out. I don't need to enter into this debate on the sidewalk. But anyway, being free is not easy, folks. It's not. Requires a tremendous amount of courage. And look at the lengths I have to be prepared in anticipation of my anticipation and prediction of what they're going to do. So let's see how this plays out. I'm not going to say when I'm going back to the school. Not going to tell. I'm not telling anybody in advance when that's happening. I'm not going to tell you any circumstances about me returning to that school. And we will just document how this plays forward. Thanks for listening to the Cultural Contrarian, Ryan Miller. Put this in your intellectual pipe and smoke it. Thanks so much, and have a great day.